work the students at Hogwarts are sorted into houses according to Whatever that shifty sorting hat says they ought to do I asked Dumbledore if I could be sorted He said so I Greendale But I could get reported to the Ministry of Magic for incorrect procedure You're not a wizard, you're a Community College! Hello, and welcome to Sorted. I'm Alex. I'm JD. And this is not a Harry Potter podcast, but instead a podcast about everything else viewed through the lens of Harry Potter. Harry Potter is inherently flawed and sourcing even more so, but it's still fun to view characters in this way. We're going to sort some stuff. Yeah, I can't count the reasons we should sort it. <laughs> one by one, they all just fade away. Uh, uh, yeah, well, to be fair, they do actually, because the show... <laughs> Faded from relevance several years before it was cancelled. Uh, so, Community is a sitcom about a community college that ran for three seasons. <laughs> yes. And then it kept going. Uh-huh. And I don't know what it was after that. Yeah. Then they fired the head writer and they kept going. And then the head writer came back and they kept going. And then they moved to Yahoo Video. <laughs> Do you remember Yahoo Video? No. No. No one does. No. Community is, it's a it's a sitcom that started out as like dry and witty, just like li- about life on this rather silly community college campus yeah. where things weren't taken seriously. And over time, it just became known more and more for its absurd, surrealist concept episodes. Yeah, like it, it starts off like a very very normal sitcom. It's very funny. It's witty. It is doing fun things. Um, it's an interesting format it's about a study group it's about seven people who are taking spanish 101 together yeah um and they form this study group and sort of become a family in a weird messed up way yeah found families found family. yeah yeah and like all of the characters at some point or another are, are assholes yeah. yeah like they're all kind of terrible people which is why they ended up at community college <laughs> yeah. if you go to community college this show thinks you're a bad person no they're all kind of terrible people, but, like, when you put them together, they're either more terrible or somehow less terrible, depending on the episode. Um, sometimes they, they balance out. and Yeah, like, sometimes they balance each other out, and sometimes they make each other more chaotic, and it's just, it, it's fun. If you just lock the seven of them away together, everyone else's lives would be a lot better. Probably. Here's my controversial yeah. opinion on this. My house hot take on Community. Uh-huh. I think the show was better before they like went all in on the concept episodes. Mm. Those concept episodes and theme episodes were a lot more fun when they stood out. People loved the the paintball episode in season one because it was so far removed from the norm. Yes. But because that episode got such good ratings and was like so popular, they felt like they needed to feed into that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how much of that was the writers, and I don't know how much of that was, like, the... Network. Yeah, the network or the producers sort of, like, pushing them in that direction. But, like, over time, the show became more and more... Gimmick. Gimmicky. And, like, um, some of those episodes are still good. The Claymation Christmas special is oh, one God. of the best episodes of the show. I watch that episode every year around Christmas. Actually, that's the episode. That's why we're doing this episode in December. Because uh, this uh, this episode of our podcast will be going out on December 9th. Which is always when Abed and his mother watch... Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah. 
um, which is when that episode takes place. Mm-hmm. And it's also one day earlier than the Christmas riot because it was too early for Christmas <laughs> or something. I don't know. It's December tenth. <laughs> but also, Christmas is not allowed at community college because what is it? What's the dean's line? It's that special time of year, the time of year when your school acknowledges no specialness to this time of year. Yeah. Unless you're in one of our designated holiday zones. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, but yeah, the claymation episode is so good. The the early stuff, like the the early seasons of the show have so much heart behind them. Yeah. Like it it feels less and less genuine the longer the show goes on. Oh yeah. Um but like those first few like I I spent the last like week or so like rewatching the first two seasons and like half of season 3. Um and like the further into you, into it you get the more sort of cynical it becomes, but like those those first seasons are like so so sincere in like yes these are terrible people but they're trying to get better and like they're speaking of terrible it's people good. speaking of terrible people yeah let's sort them jeff winger jeff winger is the main character insofar as quote unquote yeah i mean, I mean he is in the same way that jake peralta is the main character of brooklyn 99 yeah. leslie nope is the main character of parks and recreation like it's an it's, ensemble cast but he is our focus yeah he's the lead and he's the one that the like the main stories will often center around and even if another character is like the main focus of an episode he'll probably still be involved in that story directly yes. also his character is sort of the the catalyst for the show yeah existing so basically. his character is like a he used to be a lawyer. Late 30s, early 40s. Former lawyer who was disbarred because it turned out he faked his college degree. Yes. And so he has to get a real degree so that he can go back to being a hotshot lawyer. And he... <laughs> One of the teachers at Greendale owes him a favor, so he's like, I'll go to this school and that teacher will help me out. And I'll yeah. get in and out, get a degree super quick, and yeah. be back living my life. Wrong! Yeah, it doesn't work out that way. Because um, who knows? Who, who knew Duncan has a backbone? <laughs> um, uh, I don't know where that goes later in the show, but... <laughs> Ian Duncan is, like, kind of my favorite character, which feels lousy to say because he's the only English character as well. <laughs> I think you just like John Oliver. John Oliver is phenomenal. Yeah. Like, and he plays it so well, even though the character is such a shit. Anyway, Jeff Winger. Jeff Winger. Um, is goes... all... <laughs> Speaking of being a shit. Yeah. Jeff Winger is a terrible garbage human being. He yeah. does not give a shit about anyone but himself. Yeah. He starts the study group. Well, actually, the Abed starts <laughs> starts the study group. Jeff pretends to start a study group so that he can get into Britta's pants. Yeah. He wants he wants he wants sex and is like, oh, I need an opportunity. To, I need an excuse to hang out with you. Study Spanish. Yeah, let's with study me. Spanish and maybe go to dinner. Uh, because Britta's like super not into him. Yeah. Um. So he basically does all of this to like try to sleep with her yeah which you know they do eventually a lot a lot and then but then all the other main characters come along too and it's like well fine i guess we're studying spanish and then they're a study group and then they're found family yeah well he's pretending to be a tutor at that point oh geez um is like how it starts he's like oh i'll help you with your spanish hola buenos dias yeah and then turns out duncan isn't gonna help him cheat his way through college so he's like fuck i i also need to study spanish i guess i'll join the study group and we'll study and he becomes their de facto leader and they all look to him for advice which is brought up many times throughout the show which is insane he's like the cool one Uh, no he's not but he's not he's an asshole like actually to be fair four of the other characters in the group are cooler than him (laughs) which four 
everyone but Britta and Piers. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, who who don't you suck. care for? Those two also suck. Yeah. Um, okay, so House for Winger. I mean he's a Slytherin. He's absolutely he's a conniving, a manipulative son of a bitch. He gives these speeches. And he, like, you know, he's, like, a lawyer. So he gives these, like, impassioned speeches full of, like, good words and things. Like, the rhetoric. Yeah, things that people want to hear to, like, convince people to do things. Things that don't necessarily mean anything. Yeah, and he's pulling it all out of his ass. He doesn't give a shit. He just wants people to do what he wants them to do. Yeah. He's incredibly manipulative. He's incredibly self-centered. Yeah. Uh, He doesn't care about anyone but himself and his, like, lofty position. He does have some growth throughout the show. He does, like, accept these people as his family. Yeah, you know, he starts doing things for them. But even then, he'll still, like, turn on them on a dime. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he never stops being an asshole. Yeah. He's absolutely Slytherin. Just, he's he's a pretty simple character to sort. He really is. Like... I think this group, I'm going to tell you up front, I think this group has a lot of Slytherins in it. Sure. I mean, that's kind of the premise. Like, the, kind they're, of the premise of the show is that, like, they've all screwed up along the way. And... Yeah, they're all kind of assholes. <laughs> they're all kind of self-centered. Yeah, them? very much so. Very much. Well, who's the next self-centered asshole? Britta Perry. Britta Perry. So, she, yeah, she's introduced as just a hot girl in Jeff's Spanish class. And yeah. Jeff wants to s- sleep with her. And at first, she's, you know, relatively intelligent and self-possessed. And like shuts him down. She's, yeah, she's always like kind of a, like an activist, right? Yes. She's always p- presented she, in that way. Yeah, she like she cares about injustices in the world, and she wants to help right it. Even even if she doesn't necessarily do much about it herself, yeah. But like think, she realizes that, and she tries to do better. And I think her character is the biggest sufferer of flanderization in the show. Yeah, like her character devolves so much. She becomes. Like, comic relief side character who's not supposed to be taken seriously in any way. No. Yeah, she goes from, like, being... The main love interest. And, like, the only sensible one. Yeah. Like, the normal yeah, one Yeah, she started out as the straight man. By the time you get to season three, they're using her name to mean, like, fuck Screwed something up. Yeah. up. yeah. Like, oh, you Britted it. She does just become... A, a, pa- a, a parody of herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is honestly disappointing. And that's yeah. that's why I kind of... It's a big part of the reason why I stopped caring about the show after, like, halfway through season three. Is yeah. like, the characters, a lot of them are no longer themselves. No, and They devolve... Like, the characters that we meet at the beginning of the show are solid. And that's why people yeah. like that's the show. Yeah, that's why I got so attached to it. At one point, Community was my favorite TV yeah. show. And it's because the characters were so interesting and like it was such a fun concept and, and the characters themselves were grounded and in an absurdist world yes where, like, and it was very character driven yeah and the further into the show you get the less that's the case the more gimmick driven it becomes <laughs> i feel like we should stop just like slamming the show yeah i feel like this is coming across like this show is garbage because like it's not like i said the first few seasons are really really good it's okay. It's okay. and i just i okay. <laughs> I'm trying to be positive. I do really, really love this show. Like I say, Community has three seasons. Yeah. They dragged the show out, frankly. They dragged the show out for six seasons in total. Because, like, starting in late season two, this like it becomes a meme inside the show itself. Six seasons in a movie, which yeah. Arbet is talking about, to refer to several different shows that he watches and enjoys. I think originally The Cape? The, it started as The Cape, and then it became Cougar Town? Like, literally, like, the last shot of the last episode of season six is just hashtag and a movie. And it's like, no, get over yourself. Yeah, they kind of, like, tried to make it a the, thing. And like, it the show happen. never lends itself to the concept of having a movie. What would, what would a movie of this show be? I don't be? know. Especially, like, after... 
half the main characters leave. Right? Because the last couple of seasons, half of the main characters leave the show. That's also a big reason why yeah. I fell off of it. Yeah. Anyway, let's stop talking about the concept of the show. We're, we're becoming the show. The show does this, where it references itself, and it becomes very meta. We're being too meta, and yeah, I know they, it's, we're talking about community, but we need to stop. They did like being meta. I really liked being meta. And it's funny as a it's funny as a, a joke every now and then. Yeah, yeah. But when it becomes the whole premise, it's less good. So Britta Perry. I think Britta's a Gryffindor. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. There is totally an argument for Slytherin, mm. but I think that like what she wants to do isn't necessarily self-centered. I think like what she wants to be in the world isn't necessarily what she is in the world. I think she mm. wants to do good. She wants to help people. <laughs> she 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 like starts uh, training to be a therapist mm-hmm. because she she wants to help. Yeah, like she she really. She's got kind of a savior complex. She wants to save people. I bet I was trying to save you. They're gonna kick you out of the school. It's like yeah. It's just he's just, he's just having a goofy Christmas. Dude. Yeah, and that's that's honestly like a big part of her character is like she kind of has this like bleeding heart, you know? Like she wants she wants to be there for people. Mm. Um, she's not always that good at it. No. But I I I feel like that's very Gryffindor. So from what we know of Britta from, like, her pre-show days, when she was, like, actually out there as an activist and a protester and things, uh-huh. that Britta, I would argue, sure, Gryffindor. Yeah. I don't think the Britta we see in the show is. I think she's lost that edge, because she's not, she's not brave. She doesn't really put herself out there very much. Mm. She's very reserved and holds back a lot. She joins a dancing class. Sure. And performs it, and, like even though she's very scared to admit it and everyone makes fun of her for it. Yeah. Um, like, she does, like, stupid stuff. Like, um, at the end of season one, she's like, Jeff, I love you. Like, in front of everyone. And, like, that's stupid. And brave. I suppose. Uh, like, I think... I think when it comes down to it, like, her heart overwhelms her brain and she's likely to do stupid things without thinking about the, co- like, the sure. consequences. Sure. Sure. Like, okay. In 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 effort to oftentimes to help people. Sure. Or at least try in her own weird way. Okay. I'll accept Britta as Gryffindor. Yeah. They can't all be Slytherins. I didn't say they would be. <laughs> uh, who's next? Up next is Troy. Yeah, Donald Glover. Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, Troy Barnes. Yes. Troy, I think is my favorite character from the main main characters at sure. least. Sure. Valid. Valid. Troy is introduced as a high school... Uh, football player. Yeah, he was a former football player, but he, he was supposed to... Like... He was the quarterback in high school, yeah. but he got an injury like right before he graduated, so he didn't get a like scholarship Which that l- he was gonna get. Later on, it, it said that he what like he deliberately got the injury because he felt too much pressure yeah. about going to yeah, yeah. Like, college they football. They try to get him into football after that. He actually enjoys playing football on the Greendale team because the stakes are so low. Yeah. And he's like, he just wants to have fun. He's just doing it for the fun of it rather than because his whole life is riding on it. And that's kind of his whole deal throughout the entire show. Yes. So, like, everyone has a seat around the table that is their seat. They always sit in that position. Mm -hmm. And it often feels like they're trying to pair characters in that way. Troy sits next to Pierce... And it often feels like they're trying to pair Troy and Pierce up, and like make he them... does, like go live with Pierce. Yeah, for he, a while. he goes and lives with Pierce, and like, and then the other person he sits next things. to is Abed, who's his best friend. On the other corner, yes. Yeah, yeah. And that that friendship obviously became a much bigger part of the show. Yeah. Like 
like they're the heart of the show. They really are. Frankly, like Troy and Abed. Troy in particular. I mean, Abed, yes, but because of the way Abed is, he's a little bit less heart. Yeah, Um, sure. But like, I I very much feel like Troy is is very much the heart of of the group. He's like one of the most emotionally available characters. Like he will cry very readily if he's upset by things. Like and which is great. (sighs) Wonderful. There's an episode where they find out it's his twenty first birthday and they all go out drinking. But then, and like he's about to have his first drink, but then he sees how sad and pathetic everyone else looks, and he's like, "No, I don't want this." And he just drives them all home, and it's like, "Yeah, man." Yeah. Hell yeah. Mood. You don't have to be boring to be an adult. Yeah. And that's his and uh, Abed's like whole yeah. friendship is sort of built around like embracing childishness and and yeah, just being goofballs, having yeah. fun, and. But he's also worried about being perceived as cool. Like he'd look, he look he kind of looks up to Jeff like, yeah especially in, in the earlier seasons yeah and oftentimes like is worried about being seen with Abed for being seen as too much of a child yeah and wants to often present himself more maturely but he he has like a growth that I feel like gets over that yeah yeah um, like gradually like his growth as like into later seasons I feel is less terrible because he does just sort of become more chill yeah you know he helps so he helps ground Abed in the real world and understands him that they like pair in everything they do imaginary morning talk shows together (laughs) yes it's just phenomenal I love Troy starting in season two he's got a plot about being a plumber but then it or maybe being he's gifted yeah he's like the one true repairman or something (laughs) he's really good at fixing stuff yeah but he doesn't want to be a plumber yeah or or just a, like that's the thing. Yeah, he's like given him ultimatum. Like you have to either decide to join the air conditioning repair school or not. And then they just, it's, no, I'm not going to. He's like, what? So you're gonna be a plumber? He's like, no, I'm just gonna go and watch TV with my friend. Yeah, like, he's like, I I just like I'm a young adult. Yeah, I don't have to have my life figured out at this point. I want to enjoy my time at school with my friends. And yeah, great. Troy is delightful and chill, and like so. Like, he and Annie went to the same high school as well, and like Annie mentions how she, like he never noticed her at high school, and I was like, yeah, but like I was I was an idiot then, and now I see you, and like what a cool person you are. Yeah. He, uh, he's Hufflepuff. Absolutely. He's so yeah, yeah. He's just good. There is like a Gryffindor leading. Yep. For sure. Sure. But yes, absolutely Hufflepuff. Yeah. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. You know who else is a good boy? Abed. Abed and Adair. I love Abed. Troy and Abed on a podcast. (laughs) So, like, you say Troy is your favorite character, and that's completely valid. Abed is mine. Sure. I I mean, Abed is like the... I I mean, I get it. For a number of reasons. Is it because he's a film student? That's part of it. (laughs) (laughs) Abed is portrayed as having various mental... He's autistic. Yeah, I... But the writers don't really know what that means. And so, like, we'll throw in bits and pieces of all sorts of things. Yeah. And, you know, portray him as just being a robot and completely incapable of. He's an oddball. He's kind of weird. Although, to be fair, he does sometimes play that up just to, like, like get out of uncomfortable situations. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's he's very self aware, actually. The season two finale, it kind of bugs me. So, like, it's a second paintball episode, and then he's decided, like, Oh, we're moving away from a Western thing and more to a Star Wars thing. So I'm going to decide I'm going to be the Han Solo in this story because instead of letting Jeff just fall into it by default. And Annie initially is like, you're, you're being a kid and just playing around. And he's, But then like he ends up wooing her as Han Solo. And then they end up making out 
But then, like, after they finish making out and, like, this part of the plot is done, he's just, like, he just, you know, drops his signature, cool, 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 and walks yeah. away. And she's like, like, this meant nothing Wait. to him. Yeah, it was absolutely nothing. He was just playing a part. And that's, like, no, come on, that's too much. Mm, that's fair. He does have, he can sometimes overdo it and get, like, too but I, much. It's not even so much it. him overdoing it. Him overdoing it is one thing, and that can be part of plots and, like, part of character development. Yeah, it's the, yeah. I feel like it's the writers overdoing it. Uh, sometimes that is also the case, yes. Like, it feels like they don't give him enough room to grow and develop and move on. Sure. Yeah, of all of the characters, I feel he changes the least. Yeah, definitely. And to some extent, that even makes sense with how his character is introduced. Yeah. But here's the thing. Autistic people can grow and change too. Yeah. I have. Yeah. 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 It's the thing. Like, it... He is often handled kind of poorly. Yeah. And they never really, like, He's just... outright address, like what is going on with him they're more interested in using him as a vehicle for meta jokes yeah yeah he's he's very clearly autistic yeah um and it would be cool if like the show would recognize this and in a, in a proper way and like actually like treat it like it's not just a, a vehicle for gags yeah they like other characters will like sort of say things or imply things or like dance around saying anything specific yeah. about his deal yeah um there is a line in like the christmas rap where he's like connoisseur of christmas on the spectrum none of your business yeah that's too fast to comprehend just wanted to write about my friends um yeah so like they they kind of acknowledge it and abed is extremely self-aware he has a phenomenal line in that episode as well where like you know it's the one it's the glee parody and like everyone's like dead set against the glee club and he's just like but we could just do this as a one-time thing like I guess I just like liking things. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's so that's good. so much his character, yeah. too. He just likes liking things. He and, likes and he, things. Yeah. With media, he, like, fully invests himself in it. Like, he talks about how, like, in, in media, like, because there's rules to plot structures and things, which is why he understands it better. Sure, fair enough. Yeah. Characters often, like, will say what they mean more clearly so we can understand them better and you can, yeah, like, yeah. study that. In in fiction, things are a lot more. There are more cut rules that make sense in real life. Yeah, so and like that's he, good. He uses a lot of like TV and movie stuff to try to understand the world around him, yeah. and I think sometimes that gets taken a little bit too far. Too far. Yeah. Um, but like as a concept, it's great. What else? I kind of want to say Ravenclaw. I was leaning Ravenclaw before going in, but then talking about it, almost want to say Hufflepuff. Yeah. Kinda. I could see either of them. Like I say, just the the relentless positivity and. Yes, 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 yes. He like doesn't. He doesn't go down. No. Like no. <laughs> he he doesn't go down, and it's because he has a huge amount of self confidence. Yeah. He's extremely self aware. Yeah. He knows exactly what his situation is. Mm-hmm. There's like an episode where like the girls sort of use him to like badmouth other sort of bitchy girls around campus because he like analyzes their personal flaws yeah and then like to to set things straight he like gives like the original sort of like mean girls characters like some cue cards and he's like these are the self-destruct codes and like they come up to him and like publicly like point out all of his flaws Mm. but he wrote that yeah and like afterwards they're like oh gosh abed like are you okay like that was really mean what they did to you and he's like nah it's cool (laughs) like It's perfectly fine. Like I'm aware. Like he probably doesn't feel great about those flaws, but like recognizes and accepts them. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's. God, I wish, <laughs> I wish I could be that. Like 
chill. I yeah. try so hard to be that chill and that self-aware. I think that's why why he's my favorite. True. Yeah. Just, just that that self-awareness is so admirable to yeah. me. Yeah. Admirable. Admirable. I know what I meant. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can it not be said either way? I don't think so. Mm. I don't think you would. I don't know. I guess it's... it can. I, words can be whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. House hot take. Words don't matter. Words don't matter. <laughs> I like Hufflepuff for Abed. Abed Hufflepuff. Strong Ravenclaw leanings because he has a very analytical mind. Yeah. Um. But yes. Yeah. Lots of positivity. Yeah. He's here to have fun. Yeah. With and, his buddy. And study film. Yeah. And watch movies. Yeah. I love it. Uh, next is Annie Edison. Annie Edison. Ravenclaw. All right. Well, yes. <laughs> so, introduced, yeah, as high school girl, she went to high school with Troy. Introduced having a big crush on Troy as well from high school. Yes. Which would have been so good. I really wish they lent into that relationship. Instead... Yeah, they, they never do. Instead, she kind of gets... They get over each other. Yeah, they get over each other quite quick, and she ends up getting a crush on Jeff. Ugh. Who is, you know, old enough to be her father. Disgusting. And, like, the early parts of that relationship, it's kind of hinted that, like, Jeff kind of, like, kind of sees her that way, but doesn't want to. Recognize, yeah, he yeah, recognizes yeah. that it's creepy for him to see her that way. Yes. And, like, he's trying not to, and he's trying, like, he tries are, to treat her like a child yeah. to get past that. Like, they're, they're attracted to each other. Jeff knows that, like, she's way too young for him. Yeah. And tries to, like, just keep her at arm's length. At first. Yeah. Season three includes a line, which is in his dream sequence, where they say they're going to sleep together. Mm. And, like, it just gets worse and worse. And, like... I mean, they kiss at the end of season one. Yes. That's how season one ends. It's disgusting. Yeah. And, like, they keep playing it up. They never, like, get actually confirm these characters in a relationship. So, like, Jeff and Britta slept together a lot. Like, it started in the first paintball episode in the end of season one. And then apparently kept going off screen all throughout season two. Yeah. And, like, the rest of the group are like, whatever. Also, Britta and Troy are briefly in a relationship, which is, like, starts getting hinted at early season two, more so during season three, and they get together at the end of season three slash the beginning of season four. Yeah. Although I think, like, early season four does break them up and they realise, no, that was terrible. Yeah. Which is, like, the best thing season four did, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. To be fair to season four, yeah. it broke up that terrible pairing that had no chemistry. They were not a good pair at all. It's... Jeff and Britta had fun chemistry. Like yeah. they, they bantered together and they bounced off each other really the well. The show was sort of built on their chemistry. Yeah. Like, that's the premise of the show. And Annie could, would have been cute with Troy. Or with Arbed, frankly. But, yeah. You know, after that Han Solo thing. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, Either of the characters who are her own age. Cat fucking... <laughs> um, I've mentioned, like, I love this show. I really do. It has a lot of heart at times. Mm-hmm. Gotta make some stupid decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff... Don't touch Annie. Get off of her. Yeah, the way you touch her is when you pat her on the head like a small child, which he does a lot throughout the show, despite wanting to fuck her. What? We were talking about Annie. So Annie, Annie. <laughs> she's a high school. Is she a high school dropout? No, she did. She does go, graduate she did from graduate, high school. Yes, but but she, she got addicted to Adderall. Yeah. Uh, while she was in high school. Yeah. Because... She should have been going to off to a proper real college yeah because she had like the highest gpa but like she was so stressed she needed help like focusing so she got addicted to pills yeah uh and like had to go to rehab and like life fell apart a bit yeah um so she's ended up at community college and she's still like an overachiever she's still trying to do the best that she can she cares very much for her education she wants everyone else to succeed yeah um 
there I could I could see Slytherin for her as well because yeah. she's extremely ambitious. Yeah, that's the thing. So it keeps coming up, especially early on, about her wanting to transfer to other colleges. Yeah. Like, a, at the end of season one, she almost transfers to a non-community college. In season two, she almost transfers to a different community college. Yeah. Yeah, like, she kind of thinks that she's better than this place, that yeah. she deserves better. She and sometimes she... puts her education over, like, her friends. Yes. Yes, often. Yeah. <laughs> like, she will throw them under the bus if it means she gets a better grade. Yeah, which is, like, her main flaw. Yeah. Like I said, like, they're, none of them are great people, but, like, that's her specific sort of thing. You say none of them are great people. What's Troy's big flaw? He's dumb. Wow. <laughs> Troy's a himbo. Yeah. Troy's, Troy's a delight. I love Troy. Yeah, Troy's great. I mentioned. Like, Arbid's flaw, as far as, like, being portrayed in a bad way, is when he takes things too far. Yeah. Troy's, I think Troy's issue is that he, early on especially, he cares too much what people think. Sure, okay, yeah. He grows out of that a bit. So he... And sort of okay. stops having a flaw, but early sure. on, that is that is very much his deal. Okay. So he's the one who just gets the best character death and growth. And yes. that's why I like him. Yeah, that's valid. <laughs> yeah. But um, Annie... Yeah, Just Ann- to actually focus on her for a minute. Annie wants to do better. She wants to be better. She wants to go do great things. Yeah. She wants to get all A's. She has bad taste in men. Yeah. Vaughn and Jeff. She's probably valedictorian or whatever. Yeah. She's really competitive, especially when it comes to academics. Yeah. Um, yeah, that she's got. Yeah, she's definitely got that Slytherin Ravenclaw dichotomy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just sort of a matter of like, where do we feel she? Hmm. This, this, I have an argument that will lean more towards Slytherin. Go I for think. it, please. Um, she can be very manipulative. Okay. Um, she, uh, like uses, <laughs> Shirley does this a lot too, like sure. guilts people into doing what she wants them to do. Okay. How does she guilt people? Um, I can't think of an example. Can you give me an example? Yeah, yeah, Um, gosh, what is the specific, uh, circumstance? They're like all mad at her and like they're sitting at the table and she like starts to cry and they're like, no. Not again. <laughs> Don't, she's gonna, she's gonna, her lips gonna quiver and her eyes are gonna, are gonna almost close, but not quite. <laughs> and she's, and she's gonna make you want to forgive her, but we can't do it. Sure. <laughs> that, this is what Jeff is saying. I can't remember what the specific circumstances was because sure. she does that kind of thing a lot. Um, She pouts and like looks she pl- all sad. Plays and, up being the cute, innocent child. Yes. Um, Despite wanting to be taken seriously in like an adult, yeah, in in the like Glee parody episode, she pretends to be you know a dumb, sexy baby, yeah, <laughs> or whatever. So it's, like, it's playing up like the sexy bimbo. It starts off as like a bimbo thing, yeah. and she sings about not understanding Christmas because she's Jewish. But then it just devolves and devolves until she's acting like an actual baby, and she's like saying, you know, sex- you snotty me dummy, yeah. oopie doopie doop. Boop, sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she she knows how to twist people to get them to do what she wants. Sure. Um, there's also, like, which what was the episode where she's like, I guess we'll just blow off everything. I'm gonna blow off talking language. I'm gonna yeah. blow off walking. On the floor. Yeah, and, like, she's being absurd. Like, she's the one being stupid in this circumstance, but she's, like, trying really hard to get yeah. Jeff to you do know, whatever. Yeah, to think that I'm happy to land Danny in Slytherin. Yeah, I mean that's that's an argument. Yeah, is the thing. Like I could easily see uh, Ravenclaw as well. Yeah, but it's like what what's her goal in life? 
she wants to be personally successful in academics. Yeah, she's very ambitious. But it specifically in, in academics. But specifically in academics. In learning and knowledge and education. How much of it is that she actually cares about learning stuff and how much of it is that she just wants to get ahead? Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think it's probably more the grades. Yeah. But she doesn't want to just get given a grade for the sake of it. She wants to earn it. She does want to earn it. She wants to put in the work. Yeah. I feel like that's yeah. Slytherin. Yeah. No, I'm happy to land yeah. there. Yeah. Up next is Shirley Bennett. I have <laughs> more Slytherin talk for Shirley. Sure. Shirley is <laughs> a like introduced as a divorced mother of two suburban housewife yeah who's like who's always been a housewife and not had a career herself which is why she's a community college so yeah she can, she's like, going back to school so that she can sell her baked goods online yeah she is degree. she's christian yes. fundamental conservative christian like mm. evangelical and like she's portrayed as the kind of christian who thinks she's better than everyone else because she's christian and that people who aren't Christian are in the wrong and yeah. they should be told as such to their faces openly because if you tell people you are wrong and you're a bad person that's going to get them to like listen to what you've got to say yeah and that's a trait that never goes away that's her her fundamental flaw is that she is overly moral and she thinks she's always right and she, yeah and she thinks she's better than other people because of that and there are a number of episodes including most Christmas episodes which involve her like being more accepting and understanding of others. Yeah. So the first Christmas episode in season one, she's like all ready to like get full into the spirit of Christmas. Yeah, and she's like, are Wait. you guys going to come to my Christmas party? And like... everyone's like, it's December 10th. Yeah. But then also everyone's like, I'm Jewish. I'm Jehovah's yeah. Witness. I'm... Uh, Atheist. I'm Muslim. I'm agnostic Pierce i'm in a has got, cult yeah pierce has got his weird space buddhist cult with um, lasers yes yeah, so like none of the other group yeah. share her faith and she struggles with that for a bit yeah. and tries to sort of force that on the rest of the group and she does grow a bit and become oh, yes. more accepting yes um she gets a lot better but also she has a tendency to stay kind of terrible <laughs> yeah i mean like as a Christian, yeah, 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 I get the whole thing of like wanting the people you care about yeah. to share your faith. Yeah, it's about like accepting when they say no. Yes, accepting they can make their own choice, helping them, trying trying to encourage them and like give them support. But if they say no or for, or whatever, accepting that because it's their choice. It's like don't. Sorry, Shirley's like, I'm sorting out uh, Christmas presents for, like, my non... For my more persuadable Jewish friends. Yeah, and Annie's like, I don't think a surprise visit from your pastor counts as a Christmas yeah. gift. Like, she's... <sighs> the, the second Christmas episode, Arbed's uncontrollable Christmas, when it's claymation. When Arbed's off looking for the meaning of Christmas, because that's what, he, like, he's decided will get him out of his stupor, essentially. Yeah. She's like, well, actually, I think I'm the only one here who really knows the meaning of Christmas and blah, blah, blah. And, like, she ends up being removed from the group because she's not being helpful. She's just saying, like... Yeah. Like, she's making it about yeah. her instead of trying to actually help her friends. Yeah. And she's, not, like, saying, like, I know the me true meaning of Christmas. None of the rest of you do. And she's, like, not accepting the fact that Christianity, like, pushed itself so far into society that, unfortunately for them, if they want to have their holidays as their own thing... They made it secular. They made it part of wider culture. Yeah. So now everyone, like, it's too bit ingrained in culture. It's inherently oh, got yeah. secular aspects. Christmas can have, like, Christmas does have uh, religious roots. Yeah. But, like, it 
is well, very much not necessarily a religious holiday. At this I mean, point. it has pagan roots until Christianity yeah, took I mean, it over. I mean, that's the thing too. Like it, it's a mixed thing. And like Annie sings the line like "Thought the Christmas was her own" or whatever. Yeah. The Queen of Christmas babies thought that Christmas was her own. Yeah. By the end of that episode, you know, any time that's brought up, obviously she has to turn around by the end of the episode. And in that case, it's like, she comes back to help and accepts everyone has their own Christmas thing. Yeah. They sing a song. And she, like, her line is like, for a huge percentage of the God-fearing plenty, it's about the birth of Jesus Christ. And like, fine. She's, it's part, it's about Jesus, but she's accepting that everyone, it's everyone yeah. else's thing as well. Uh, and that episode is really good about that. Yeah. The whole point of that episode, like the moral sort of at the end, is that the meaning of Christmas is the Christmas, the idea that Christmas has meaning. Yeah. It's the meaning you give to Christmas. And it's about being with... Like, Arben has to accept that he's not going to be with his mother at Christmas. So he'll be with his... New his family. His new family. His, his, his friends. Fa- his found family. And, and, like, Abed is, like... In that episode, he says, like, I'm uh, religiously Muslim, but, like, my mom is Polish and yeah. he's always done Christmas. Yeah. Like, everyone in the group still sort of has some connection to Christmas. Like, yeah. Annie... Because it's so secular. Yeah, like, Annie... Um, her parents are divorced, but, like, her, her mom was Christian. Her dad is Jewish or something. Um, yeah. So, like there was like a sort of mixing of the holidays yeah it was a minefield of christmas of like of mixed overlapping rituals, rituals yeah. yeah and i was like i like the rituals because yeah. that's what's important about like the holiday season is like the it's not <laughs> oh it's so good this is why we're doing community because i just wanted to gush about the christmas episode <laughs> yes the, the, the very at the end of Arbid's uncontrollable christmas they go and take take the dean's like holiday zone all the decorations so they can like have their own Christmassy thing together and like watch Rudolph together and you know at first they take the tree and all the other bits Shirley is the one who goes back and makes sure she picks up the menorah for Annie's sake to represent because different faiths and it's a time of year for everyone and she does have a some kind of growth and she does get yes. a little bit better but she still has you know a then the next year she wants to send her past around unannounced and yeah surely has up you were saying she uh slytherin leanings yeah i think she's incredibly manipulative i think she's better than other people i or, <laughs> sorry <laughs> she, i think she thinks she's better than other people i love shirley she's the best person um, I think she's incredibly ambitious. She has gone back to school because she wants to start her own business. Yeah. She wants to, like, sell her baked goods. And that's because she wants to care for her family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, she could do that without going to college. She could, you know, get a job anywhere. But she yeah. she wants to be better sure. than... And then when she gets back with her husband, and, like, he initially expects her to go back to being a housewife. But she's like, no, no, I care about this. I want to do this business. Yeah. And, like, I think he's reluctant at first, but he supports her on it in the end. Yeah. And she ends up opening a sandwich shop on the school campus? I think so, yeah. Yeah, which is... Sure. Yeah, like, I th- I, th- I think she's ambitious. Yeah. And I, I think she's got a lot sure. of that, that Slytherin stuff. Yeah, Slytherin for sure. Sort of, like, disguised in a very sweet middle-aged housewife. And the last <laughs> main character on our list, because even though there are more main characters, we can't go forever, Piers Hawthorne. Unfortunately. This is okay, so every other character we had at least sort of mentioned at some point. I guess we've mentioned Pierce, but like it feels like we talked about everyone else to some degree before he's we like, got to them. He's the one who's most really removed from the group. Whenever any characters are gonna pair up, he's the odd one out who will get left out. It's because he's a terrible person. He is a terrible person. Which like season one, he's you know, he's introduced as a crotch of the old man. He's well meaning, but he's set in his ways and like he's got He's kind of racist and kind of sexist and all this. Yeah. But not in a way that's ill-intentioned. In a way that, like, 
you know, many elderly people are, that they could have built on and used to grow his character and have him yeah. learn that those aren't great. Instead, he just gets worse. Well, he, he does eventually get through that. But season two, they build him up to be, like, the final villain of the season and they, like, have him actively be malicious towards his supposed friends and family. He does turn around at the end, though. Well, yeah, he is the final, like, turnaround. But, like, it, very last minute. Mm. Season three and onwards, they try to undo that again. Like, they try to bring him back to, like, the sweet grandpa kind of idea. I mean, you, yeah, know, you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they want him to be... They want him to be well-intentioned. Yes. And he has moments. Like, he, yeah. he offers uh, to help Annie with her rent. He... He does a lot of things. Like, he like he expresses that he respects Shirley for being, like, a single mother trying to make yeah, her own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he has these moments where, like, he's being very genuine and, like... And those are the episodes nice that are person. bearable. Yeah. But then also, he's just oh. a garbage person. So, in Arbed's Uncontrollable Christmas, so when he's got that arc where he's building up to being the main villain in season two, the, like, Arbed's Uncontrollable Christmas gives us a respite from that, mm. where he, like, does try to help Arbed. And he's, like, you know, he's kind of they're just cuz he's part of the group yeah but so he's like I don't want to go like, home for Christmas because it's Abed lonely. talks about like being on like uh, like on this magical voyage to another planet yeah. planet Christmas or planet Abed or whatever and like Pierce is just like what are you talking about I just see the I just see the study room and then like Troy hits him he's like ooh sparkly or whatever yeah and then he gets into it and he accepts it he like leaves at one point and like everyone else sort of but he says like I just need to go this has been fun but I need to take a leak yeah, so like he, yeah, he, he just leaves. He leaves, um, and everyone else sort of ends up leaving the room as well. Yeah, um, but and he comes back. He comes back, and he's like, "Right, where were we? Christmas train?" Yeah, like, like he remembers what was going on. He yeah. is there, and he's like, "I don't want to go home because it's sad and lonely around Christmas time, and yeah. I, you know, would rather hang out with friends." And so like he stays with Abed, and like it's one of his best episodes in the midst of one of his worst parts of the show. Yeah. And it's it's really nice and sweet, and like yeah. he's trying, like he is genuinely trying to be helpful. Yeah, he's um, also he he comes from old money, like his his like family had like a big business. Yeah, so like he's he's just been he's been at the college for many years, and he just goes there for fun, basically. Yeah, and, and like, he's he said that like he's never made friends that have lasted more than a a semester, a semester. Yeah, until this group. Yeah. So like he like values them a lot, but also yeah. he he wants to be valued in yeah. return, and the group oftentimes don't value him very much because yeah, because the, of all the bad things he yeah, does though. Because they kind of consider him like a, a bumbling old racist man, yeah. um, which he oftentimes is. Yeah. Like his, I think his. We were talking about like their their individual like fatal flaws. His fatal flaw is that he's incredibly vain. He he wants people to like him. He wants to be sure. liked. Also racist, homophobic, sexist. Okay, yes. But <laughs> <laughs> Those yes. are pretty big flaws too. But I mean like like character-wise, like what his motivations are when he's doing something stupid. You say he's like the big villain at the end of season two. The reason he got kicked out of the study group is because he thought that they were like playing games without him and he was he felt left out. Yeah. He thought like he wasn't being respected, like they didn't care about him, so like he leaves because I he's... mean he thought they were playing games without him because they were voting on whether to remove him from the group for other things he'd previously done. Yeah. But like but even in those other circumstances, he does things because he he wants the attention. He yeah. wants to he wants people to think that he's cool and like he doesn't know like what the socially acceptable way to do that kind of thing is. Mm. And he d- can't bother to learn. 
But, like, any time that he's being antagonistic towards the rest of the group, it's almost always because his pride has been wounded. Mm. I mean, do you have a take for him that's anything other than Slytherin? No. No. He's just, he's very much a Slytherin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very, very prideful, very vain, very self-oriented. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like, he wants, he wants that position of, like, power and coolness. Yeah. And not necessarily for anything but personal gain. Yeah. I think deep down he just wants friends you know sure but But he's not emotionally open enough to admit that yeah except for occasionally in season one yeah in which he is often has a lot of genuine heart yeah but that gets written out and he becomes increasingly racist like i said if they just focused on like giving him character development instead of character regression yeah so slytherin yeah he's absolutely slytherin now it's time. It's time. It's time for the lightning bolt round. I feel like this episode we've been doing some like actual deep character analysis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like sometimes we're just here for the goofs and then sometimes we just like get really into it. <laughs> and I think that that's the case because this is such a character driven show. All right. Um, so let's let's talk about some more characters. Yeah. Up first, we've got the Dean. The Dean. Dean Craig Pelton. Fuck, what house is the Dean? <laughs> so Gryffindor? The, yeah. The Dean is also kind of a main character, but we don't have room for him. He's a weird... Uh, he's described as a pansexual imp. He's got a whole <laughs> bunch of weird stuff. He wants, he's got a Dalmatian fetish. It, it's very weird. He's kind, he's kind of in of love a, with Jeff. Yeah. It, it, no one really knows. He just wants to be a good Dean. Um, he's a very fun character. I think Gryffindor. Okay. I think. Okay, sure. I, I don't know what else to say. It's fine, keep going. Uh, tell me about Chang. Chang is psychotic. He's introduced <laughs> as the group's Chinese Spanish teacher, having faked credentials to be a Spanish teacher. A lot of that going around. Um, and at first he's like kind of a, a like overbearing teacher. Season two, he wants to be part of the study group. Season three, he becomes the campus security guard, and then he tries to take over the school with a hostile yeah, invasion. Yeah, he just goes, like, right down the rails. Then they give him an town. amnesia storyline and then they bring him back and he's like, yeah, that was dumb. I'm a math teacher now. And, like, <laughs> he's portrayed as being insane and ridiculously over-the-top bullshit. He's it's... kind of whatever the plot needs him to be. Yeah, I'm gonna put him in Slytherin. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's not... How about Ian Duncan? ...consistently written. Uh, Ian Duncan, I think, is a Ravenclaw. Yeah. Um, He's, like, the professor that Jeff knows because he, like... Yeah. Got him out of some parking tickets or something. And he's lazy, but intelligent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I think he means well. Sure. Uh, Starburns. Starburns is one of the most prominent, uh, like, background students because his actor, Dino... Um, St- Stamopoulos? Stamopoulos? His name is Alex. Dino Stamatopoulos. Ah, thank Dino, you. Dino Stamatopoulos is, like, a writer on the show as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good friends with him. Um... Dan Harmon. His actual name is Alex, but he's so-called Starburns because he has star-shaped sideburns. And then he gets a top hat, and then he gets a lizard. And it's like, but nobody knows the person underneath. He's like, no, because you keep getting gimmickier. No, it's because you shave stars into the side of your face. At the end of season three, he fakes his death. Starburns is there. <laughs> he sure is there. I guess I'll put him in Hufflepuff. I was going to say Gryffindor because you gotta be brave to shave those stars <laughs> into your face. Well, tell me about Leonard. Uh, Leonard is an old man who goes to the school. Um, he reviews frozen pizza on YouTube. Yeah, he's got a bunch of like, he's he's just a side character, like yeah. reoccurring side character. He gets a lot of good one-liners. He really does. Yeah. Um. Um. He's just kind of an old fart. What's the old fart house? You tell me. 
Slytherin. Okay. House hot takes. Slytherin is the old fart house. Sure. Tell me about Garrett. Garrett is another student who's, you know, the stereotypical nerd. And he talks kind of like this. And he's got like a really nasally voice. Crisis alert. <laughs> Crisis alert. <laughs> um, what does it look like I'm doing? I'm chillaxing. <laughs> and... I love Garrett. Again, just kind of in the background, and he's a nerd. I'm going to put him in Ravenclaw. Yeah. Is he Toad? He sounds like Toad. <laughs> Tell Vaughn. me about Vaughn. Vaughn! Uh, I made JD put Vaughn on the list because he is a huge... He is basically the ongoing plot of season one. <laughs> I, unfortunately, I guess. <laughs> uh, Britta's, like, dates him, and then, like, Andy dates him later. Yeah. Um, he has tiny nipples. He has tiny nipples. He always takes his shirt off. He's just kind of, like, this hippie He dude. always gives three greetings. Yeah. <laughs> like, he... <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the group makes fun of him. Um, but, like, he's honestly, like, he's just a chill dude. Yeah. And they just kind of give him crap for, like, being kind of a hippie dude who is yeah. like that. Um, I think he's a Gryffindor. Okay. Tell me about Neil. Neil. Nicknamed. I, ref- I refuse to use the nickname the show gave I'm just going to put it in context. Yeah. He's nicknamed Fat Neil, which is a nickname coined by Jeff. To the point that, like, Jeff ends up thinking he might be trying to commit suicide and they try and help him out by playing Dungeons and Dragons with him. <sighs> yeah. He ends up, like, kind of in a relationship with Vicky. Here's the thing. The writers are trying to call out the fact that they've made a joke about him being fat, but then they pair him with the other overweight character. Yeah. Like, are they just doing that because? Or, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he likes Dungeons and Dragons. He's a nerd, Ravenclaw. Yeah. Tell me about Vicky. Uh, Vicky's another side character student yeah. who... She's a dance major. She's a dance major. Um, um, she has a rivalry with Pierce at one point because he, she wouldn't let him borrow a pencil and then she stabs him in the face, which is yeah. great. Uh, I like Vicky. Yeah? I think she's a Gryffindor. Sure. Tell me about Magnitude. Pop, pop! Pop, pop! Magnitude, played by Luke Youngblood, a.k.a. Lee Jordan. Lee Jordan in Harry Potter in the first couple of films. Who's awesome and is also in Gallivant and is amazing. Oh my god. Yeah. You need to start Gallivant. <laughs> yeah. Magnitude is, you know, he's a cool student who just says pop pop and everyone loves him for it. It's he, the only line he ever had. I think he also went to high school with Troy and Annie. Did he? There's a flash, an episode where Abed discovers that actually they all kind of know each other. Oh, okay. And he's shown at a party there where two balloons pop. And that's how he discovers his catchphrase. He's just like, pop, pop. <laughs> and, I don't remember this. Yeah, I read a Wikipedia bit. Oh, okay. Like, like it's, yeah, you have a better, like, long-term memory, I think, <laughs> than I do. Whereas, like, I have a better memory for the stuff we just watched. Um, He's cool. He puts himself out there. He has a two sound catchphrase. He's Gryffindor. Yeah. How about Todd? Also, Lee Jordan's a Gryffindor. Have, okay. <laughs> so, okay. How about over. Todd? Todd had a turtle. <laughs> he was in their science class and he just wanted to like do his best and try and be a good friend. Yeah, but the group is a terrible he group. He fought in Iraq. But uh, he has a, a baby. Yeah. He's just a good person. He's just a good person, but the rest of the group give him shit because he's a good person, basically. Yeah. Um, he's a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Tell me about Slater. So Slater is Jeff's love interest in season one. She's a professor. She's there. Uh, Ravenclaw. They actually have a lot of chemistry. Like, that relationship is incredibly good and healthy, mostly. When he's paired with characters who are, are, like, appropriate age, he often has good chemistry with them. It's, like, the only time he has, like, a long-term, like, relationship with someone that's not in the group. Anytime they try and introduce a love interest for him, I think the only one he doesn't have good chemistry with is Annie. Yeah. Yeah. No, because it's awkward. 
Tell me about Garrity. You tell me about Garrity. Professor Sean Garrity. Sean Garrity. Uh, A.K.A. Professor Woolley. A.K.A. Professor Professorson, which I think is Dutch and means professor. <laughs> My favorite episode of Community is called uh, Conspiracy Theories and Interior Design. Yeah. Uh, it is... A plot about Jeff faking classes to get fake to get free credits. Also, there's a blanket for it that happens. Yeah. Um, but the, the plot is so funny to me. Yeah. And Garrity is a Garrity is a drama professor who like like will pay the dean back in acting lessons. Yeah, he's like I I nicked the dean's card. I promised to pay him back in acting. So I've got to break. I've got to go to his Thanksgiving family dinner and say he tried to steal my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, the plot is incredible. It's my yeah. favorite episode. Um, I think he's a Gryffindor. Sure. <laughs> Tell me about Cornwallis. Cornwallis is the history professor who introduces the class's new, as uh, the group's new teacher in season four. He's very much Professor Bins, but like if he was technically still alive, mm. uh, Ravenclaw. Sure. Do you remember Buzz Hickey enough to talk about him a little? No. Nope. So he's played by the guy from Breaking Bad, and he's a criminology professor introduced as Jeff's co-teacher in season five, who joins the Save Greendale committee. Put him in a house. Oh, Ravenclaw. Sure. It's fine. <laughs> Moving on. Frankie. Frankie is like introduced to like try and help save Greendale's budget in season six. I think she's also vaguely like hinted at being a love interest for Jeff. Uh, she's like very sensible and straightforward. I'm gonna put her in Slytherin. Sure. How about Vice Dean Laybourne? Ooh, this is um, what's his name? Why do we never remember his name? I can never remember his name. He's the guy. He's in Monsters Inc. <laughs> Sure is, among many, many other things. <laughs> That's always what comes to mind, though. John Goodman. Thank you. He's in The Borrowers. In The Borrowers? Yeah. He's, he's, the, he's the villain in The Borrowers. I feel like he plays villains a lot. Yeah, probably because he's kind of a dick. Anyway, uh, the vice dean is John Goodman. He runs the air conditioning repair school annex. Yeah, which is apparently wildly more successful than the main school and funds like provides most of the funding to the school and like has the best air conditioning repair school in the world they have the room they have the room temperature room yeah if you've ever heard the phrase room temperature they have the room <laughs> it's just such a funny bitch it's, it's, a, it's a great guy uh, he's a slytherin yeah tell me about jerry the janitor jerry the janitor is seen as a janitor and like kind of in the background for a while at first yeah. he notices that troy has this like gift uh, being a plumber and wants to like help him get there also after the second paintball episode he has to try and clean the whole school over the oh. summer and it sucks for him he's a good dude he works hard he's a hufflepuff nice okay i'm sorry that you've got elroy potashnik also introduced in season six as a it guy he like invented vr technology and is the school's new it person oh is this um keith yes david with yes keith david williams williams yes. i was like there's another name yeah Probably a Ravenclaw. Yeah, that's fine. Tell me about uh, Andre Bennett. Andre Bennett, Shirley's ex-husband turned husband. <laughs> uh, they like divorced, separated before the series began because he cheated on her with a stripper uh, and regretted it profusely. And they get back together until they don't. Um, when he's introduced, like in season two, he seems like such a good guy. Yeah. And then they sort of rewrite him. Yeah. And he's less of a good guy, but like he seems genuinely Gryffindor. Chill. Yeah. How about Officer Kakowski? 
Uh, <laughs> this is the character who was originally part of, like, the school security, yeah. but then... Becomes for, a police officer. Yeah. Just because they needed a police officer. Is instead a police officer for no real reason. Yeah. Um, I think he's trying to keep people safe. I think he's a Gryffindor. Sure. <laughs> Tell him about Dean Spreck. Dean Spreck is the dean of City College, Arrival College. He's... He wants... He, like... Doesn't even do it. We never see him do anything for his own college. He just tries to stop Greendale from yeah. doing anything. It's not like Greendale's all that successful. No, so I, I just have like g- a rivalry. I, I guess. guess Slytherin. Yeah. Tell me about Annie's boobs. <laughs> well, the left one is a Ravenclaw. It's <laughs> uh, a bad joke. I'm sorry. Annie's boobs is the name of a monkey that Troy has as a pet at one point. Yeah. And it was then- named by a Twitter poll. Yes, um, and then <laughs> lives in the vents of the school yeah. after Abed lets it go. Yeah, tell me about its personality, Alex. Um, it's a monkey. It likes to steal things. It likes Annie's purple pens. It causes trouble and mischief. Probably a Slytherin. Okay. Tell me about the human being. <laughs> so the human and being. All, and all that personality <laughs> that that has. I'll throw that back at you. The human being is Greendale's school mascot, chosen to like be as inoffensive as possible while being horrible because the dean decided they didn't want to have an animal mascot because a lot of their students have been called animals their whole lives so they chose the human being but had to make sure it was completely race gender religious neutral although it is just portrayed as a person wearing a like white spandex yeah and sometimes Mm. has icicles dangling from it at christmas generally male shaped yeah (laughs) pretty much just like a white guy yeah turns out that white people white men think that the default person is a white man (laughs) shocking news to everyone i'm sure um purely for that i'm gonna put him in slytherin (laughs) and that is community sorted hey alex yeah it's your turn yeah it is time to sort it out let's sort it out on the topic of community college okay why doesn't the Wizarding World have higher education? Hmm. What happens uh, when you leave Hogwarts and, like, maybe you took an arithmetic class, but, like, someone needs to be an accountant. Someone needs to keep the books at the ministry. Like, you need that, like, business classes to start a business, like, in, in Diag- Diagon Alley. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you were making a face and it was really funny. Yeah. Well, clearly you don't need business classes because Fred and George did it. Well, that's the thing. Like, how do these businesses, like, know how to function? I mean, like, some of it is... I guess maybe they took arithmancy. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Um, But, like, arithmancy isn't a business class. Arithmancy is the magic of numbers. Yeah. Like, that's not... <laughs> yeah. That's not... How yeah. to inventory your your inventory. Yeah. Are you sure you want a higher education and not just a primary education? Mm, maybe. That too. And a secondary education? Just like learning yeah. basic just things? Just like a, a whole education. Yeah. You can't just show up and do school from age 11 to 17 I and have just you know, be a functional adult. My class is a very important class because we turn things into different things. No! And that's an entire branch of magic and not just one random spell that you should learn in charms. No. It's an entire branch of magic. Look, this desk is now a pig. That's very important. Today we're learning how to turn animals into wine goblets. <laughs> when are you going to use that? What do you use that for? What does anyone use that for? Even in the magical world. <laughs> and you can also just summon things at will. Ah! <laughs> 
But you can't turn things into food. That's against the rules because it's convenient for the plot. Um, wizards need more education. Just a diverse education. Yeah. Teach them how to number. Teach wizards math. Have what? Teach wi- have wizard art classes. Like, I'm not just saying, like, the practical, like, like real world things. Sure. I mean, like, interests. Like, we know that there are, like, comic books in the wizarding world. Like, who... We know that, is it Dean Thomas Dean. that can draw? Yeah. Like, we know that, like, there are some, like, artistically talented people, but, like, can they take classes? We know that there's a, um... Can, how do they enchant their paintings? We know there's a right-of-way thing, because, like, was it Crickspell courses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like... That is, like, another kind of school. Filch is trying to take, like, this correspondence course, despite the fact that he's a squib and just does not have any magic in him at all. Yeah. But, yeah... Yeah. Like, the the whole wizarding education system is, like, you're homeschooled until you're 11, presumably. Maybe you go to muggle school? I think that probably varies. It, yeah, it probably varies depending on the family. But it's kind of weird that it's never brought up. Yeah, it's never explained, never brought up. Um, So, like, you do whatever until you're 11. Go to school until you're 17. And after that, you're just... On your own. Figure it out. Yeah, yeah. How does the world work in those circumstances? How does the economy work? goblins <laughs> like it's no wonder their <laughs> governmental system is such a garbage none of them have anything higher than a high school education none of them have taken a poli sci class where's where's the wizard sex ed classes right <laughs> didn't they just have one charm lesson where flip was like and this is the contraception charm ah! go nuts do they have like birth control potions <gasps> so the way that like we take like a pill and this is the contraceptive potion. I hate this. If you drink it, you can okay. screw anybody. What about like wizarding doctors? There are wizarding doctors, like people who are very well trained in the art of like healing magic. I think the implication is that they just like every business would do its own in-house training, kind of like um internship kind of program. Probably, yeah, I guess like apprenticeship. Like, like we see with the careers stuff in in book five. They're like they're looking at pamphlets for what jobs you'd need like one of them is for specifically being a healer yeah and so i guess you'd like go to saint mungo's and apprentice under someone while i guess the fact that stuff. the entire united kingdom has one hospital and one school and like, yeah. it's all just in house i mean to be fair they don't have any freaking teacher training no if you like have a vague knowledge of a subject you can just show up and i guess you can teach like <laughs> yeah that's how I'd fix Harry Potter. Uh, thank you for listening to Sorted. If you agree or disagree with any of our sorting, or we've missed a character that you'd like us to sort, you can find us on Twitter, at SortedPod. You can also find us both individually. I'm at CodenameJD. And I'm at Pichu, P-T-C-H-E-W. Thank you to Matt Majakamo of the Wampum Willows for the last theme song, the House of Autumn theme song. And thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. You can find other cool shows on the network, such as... Home Viewing... Them's the facts. No dice. And while you're there on Twitter, you should sort tweet at us your favorite lesson, your favorite class. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Start a new house and it's called awesome. Start a new house. It's called awesome. Start a new house and it's called awesome. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.
Hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Steampunks, Steam a podcast about badass women in the history of steam. Steam? So like, old trains and boats and stuff? No. Well, I mean, yes, but no. STEAM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Math. Oh, like how Ada Lovelace was the first computer programmer, like, ever? Exactly. Awesome, I want to learn more about steampunks. And you will. And so will anybody who tunes in every other Wednesday on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Join me and Emily on Steampunks every other Wednesday on the Pocket Podcast Network. And keep flying, you beautiful, majestic, steam-powered horses. Me!